Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. I'm Jason. And I am John. And we have real hockey on the ice in front of us to talk about. It is so nice to have the season back. Yeah, the first game action of the season, an exhibition against number three ranked Minnesota State Mankato. I mentioned after the game to Jason that they were the uh, preseason number three, and he looked at me and he's like, that team was number three. <laughs> I, I, the team may be. I'm not so sure the players on the ice were, let's say. <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting and entertaining exhibition for UNO. Uh, it's been seven years since we've played Mankato uh, in a two-game series up in Mankato to start the 2015-16 season, which was a fun series for UNO fans. UNO swept in that series. But this was an exciting way to start the season, a little unusual. Normally, we exhibition against the Canadian schools. So it was kind of fun to get an exhibition against a top uh, NCAA uh, Division I hockey program. Going into the game, what did, you know, what did you think? What did you think early stages of the game? UNO comes out. Uh, they start the game with a power play, which is really unusual to start the game. But we had a, a, a little interesting situation where uh, Mankato got a lineup roster violation for having a guy out doing warmups before the warmup period began for both teams on Saturday night. What interested me about that was the number of people who were like, this is a new rule. I'm like, no, it's not like, it's not a new rule. Cause I know I've heard of this before. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, and I don't remember if it was a penalty night. But I know that teams have gotten in trouble for having players on the ice before warm-ups. Yeah, this, this was, I mean, this was new to me. Now, I, and a lot of people were saying that this was a new rule. Um, and I don't know if it's a new rule uh, in NCAA Division One hockey, or if we just thought it was a new rule because we hadn't heard of it before, and it was the first time they called it. But it was very a very interesting thing to have happen and very peculiar and unusual. So we had the two minute power play and we were all kind of scratching our, <laughs> scratching our heads at that point. Um, but we'll take a power play right off the bat in that exhibition game. And, uh, but anyway, what did you think looking at the team early on in the game? I, I think overall the game was, was what I would expect from, from an exhibition. You know, there was a lot of experimentation. There was some line pushing, just, you know, trying things that I think in a, a normal game, I would hope that we wouldn't try. Um, you know, I think the team looked the way I expected a young team to look. There was uh, quite a few mental mistakes. There were things that they really shouldn't be doing that they were doing. And, you know, you couple a young team with an exhibition and that's kind of expected. Um, but there's a lot to be excited about. The, a lot of those freshmen that came in that we talked last week in the podcast about, you just don't know, you're, you're kind of guessing. And that's why a lot of people are down on UNO this year is because we don't know what kind of uh, production we're going to get out of you know, really pretty much half our team because they haven't played before and they have nothing to build on. You know, I really thought they came out and played that, that free style of hockey, uh, you know, it was okay to make mistakes. Uh, they were, you know, out there flying around, making opportunities, you know, not worrying about risk and things like that. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that 
might catch some teams off guard this year. When I look at the team, I, there were two things I noticed. I thought puck control and passing in particular were good during this game. And uh, when UNO struggled last season and his passes struggled in any season, it's uh, puck handling and passing tend to not be very good. So I thought this team moved the puck very effectively in the offensive zone. I was impressed with a number of the younger players. Uh, Jacob Slipek comes to mind uh, in that. Ray Fust comes to mind. Those were two guys that I was impressed with during this game. But really, there were a lot of great performances. There were also players with new numbers. It was so weird seeing Cameron Berg wear number 17. Because when I think number 17 after the last four seasons, I'm thinking Taylor Ward. So uh, we got to see two of our new goaltenders this year. We got to see Jake Kuharski. And we got to see Simon Letkochi uh, in nets. Uh, basically, each goaltender got half of the game. So it was kind of fun to see them. Uh, you could tell that there was a, a little off-season rust there for both of the goaltenders. So it was nice to see both of them get game action. And it was nice to see our veterans like Cameron Berg and Ty Mueller in there. So Ty Mueller started off the goal scoring for UNO. Uh, it was at the five minute mark of the first period. And I was glad to see him. He's one of my favorite players. I'm wearing my Ty Mueller leap for a cure Jersey to honor him. But what other performances did you like during that game? And do you want to talk about some of the other goals that were scored? Yeah. You know, a lot of the same guys you mentioned, um, I liked LeMay. I thought he played pretty, pretty solid. Uh, I really liked the game of Caden Bolson. Uh, he was like from his first shift, he was in the play. He was making things happen. Uh, you know, he took a penalty, which I, I struggle faulting him completely on that because his penalty was one of those it happens kinds of hockey plays where you kind of make contact and that contact slides up to the head. And, you know, they've been told that, you know, they need to call more of those things where it's like, it's not you hit him in the head. It's the, like you hit him in the shoulder and then you slid up to his head and that, and he really didn't need to. And I think that's the learning lesson for him is, is like that play was gone. Just don't even bother with the hit. Just, you know, track back, contain your lane and, and he would have been fine. So I'm not too worried about the penalty, but hopefully, you know, he kind of um, straightens those things out because his offensive game, he was moving the puck. Well, he had, um, some really good setups that that didn't go and then he ended the game with you know with his opportunity on the power play which was just a really uh, like a snipe uh, and I'll uh, I'll start my campaign but I think it'd be interesting to see him and Weiss and maybe Mueller or uh, could even see like Sullivan or someone on that line you know between Bolson you know, he, it looks like he's got a pretty good shot. Uh, yeah, and he can act, he can pass real well. Like to see the two of them with you know a perennial setup artist like uh, like Weiss out there, that could be that could be an interesting uh, interesting point. Uh, I thought it was really effective that they put Weiss on the point on the power play. Uh, I think you know seeing everything up there for a guy that has you know really good hands and some skill at passing the puck. Uh, it showed, and this team could be really dangerous on the power play if we get some finishes. And he set up a couple guys on on goal mouth feeds and cross ice uh, setups where they broke the house, and uh, they just didn't finish. And if these guys start to find a way to, you know, to finish off, you know, two of five power plays and stuff, like teams are going to have to start playing. We've talked about this in, in past years and stuff. Like when your team has a good power play 
defensively, you have to play differently against that team because you can't play so tight. And late in the first and into the second, a Mankato started playing us tighter. They started hitting a little bit more. They didn't give us as much space. Uh, and you can't give a team like that opportunities because you're just giving them away to kind of solidify where that game is. And so uh, I'd love to see us, you know, continue to focus on that. And I, I really liked putting Weiss up there. I thought it made a big difference this year on the power play. He had a great power play goal uh, dished from Johnny Tyconic. I liked seeing him in that position too. You mentioned Caden Bolson. He's a player that, you know, a lot of expectations coming in. He was originally a Minnesota recruit under, uh, under Don Lucia. Uh, when they had the regime change there and Bob Motzko came in, UNO picked him up. And I've been waiting for him to have a breakout season. So hopefully this is a sign that maybe we'll see him come to the fore because he's a, a big, strong, talented player. And like you said, he was really impressive in this game. So UNO ends up winning this game 7-2, to two, Jason. Seven different players score in this game it was nice to see it spread out you had Ty Mueller you had the newcomer Jake Pavanka who wasn't really known as a goal scorer during his uh, tenure at Notre Dame a good outing for UNO I don't know if Mankato was looking ahead they've got a home and home with Minnesota next week and then they play Minnesota Duluth and then they play uh, St. Cloud so they're taking on uh, the state of Minnesota in the next few weeks but we went seven to two and I think that this was a great kind of tone setter for UNO going into the regular season. And that's what I like to see. Who was your player of the game? You got to go first, don't you? <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. And I'm you need take, to go first because it depends on what you say. is going to influence what I say here. Because I, because I wore the Time Mueller Leap for a Cure jersey that we got in the Leap for a Cure auction last season. I am taking Time Mueller as my player of the game for this uh, exhibition against Mankato. Three points on the game, got the first goal to start off the scoring in the game, two assists on the game. He was a player, again, one of the freshmen that we were impressed with last season. What's amazing about him is he's still a 19-year-old, which is uh, pretty phenomenal to think about when you talk about uh, a sophomore in collegiate hockey. So, I think he's going to have a great season, and uh, he had a great uh, first game here against Mankato. So, Ty Mueller, three points. It's crazy to think, like watching him now for for the second season, like it's it still kind of amazes me that he's one that slips through cracks and is not drafted by an NHL team. I had two players in mind, and one of them was Ty Mueller. So, I was kind of hoping that you pick someone else so that I could pick Ty. Uh, but since uh, you went that route, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take the usual pick and uh, pick Weiss. We talked about him already, so there's not a whole lot more to say. Uh, but you know, we talked in the last podcast and stuff too about how you know he had to come out and be the senior. He had to be kind of a driving force. Uh, and there were a lot of uh, times where he controlled the puck. He gained entry. He allowed his teammates to kind of set up. You know, in the past, especially early on in, in his career, he kind of wanted to move things a little bit faster. And there just wasn't the, there wasn't the setup there for it. The, the system kind of wasn't in place for that. Um, and so it's nice to see him really kind of be the super senior that we need him to be and, and drive that play. Hopefully he keeps this up because that's going to be a, that's going to be a good thing for UNO down the stretch if he uh, continues to kind of bring along these younger players I uh, will be interested to see how many games uh, in a row Jason picks uh, Tyler Weiss as his player of the weekend. Hey, if uh, he keeps playing like that, I, then, I mean, 
It's hard to yeah. argue. Yeah, early on in the game, you sent a text and you're like, uh, if he play, keeps playing like this, he's going <laughs> to. I think he said he was going to be my player of the weekend. Um, but yeah, and and look, we didn't think that he was going to come back this season. So uh, so it's a nice bonus to have him on the roster. And uh, yeah. of course, we're looking for big things out of him this season. So it'll be exciting to see. So yeah, great start for UNO season. They win the Spirit of the Maverick uh, trophy. I'm glad they decided. I didn't know if they were going to have a competition for the trophy because it was an exhibition, but because we play them so infrequently, I'm glad that they did. And you could tell the players were excited to get to, to get to host uh, or excuse me, hoist a trophy on the Baxter arena ice, since we really have not gotten to do that at all. So it was a, uh, it was nice to see that on the ice. It was nice to see it uh, during the post-game lobby celebration and, uh, and a, a great way to start for a young team like this, a great, a great first step in uh, what will hopefully be uh, a good season for uh, the UNO Maverick hockey team. So turning to our shootout segments, we have a few little things to talk about. And we're going to start off with a few little glitches at Baxter Arena. So we're going to start off with a little bit of talk about some uh, kind of interesting things we saw on the scoreboard during the Mankato game and some experiences Jason had with concessions. Had the kids by myself. I was single dadding it. So got to be responsible and jump like that. But uh, I... Everyone's in preseason mode. Uh, the number of, like, most of the screens that, that show you, you know, what's available and, and what the price is were out. And, you know, some of the food, like, some of the chicken strips and stuff I saw in, the, in their little warm-up cases and stuff there, I was like, um, have they been sitting there for a week? <laughs> like, they don't look fresh, let's just say. So there were, there were concerns with quality. Uh, you know, the people there are always so nice. Like, it's a volunteer kind of thing. It's, it's a fundraiser for a lot of them. Uh, so it was really cool to chat up the lady taking my order and uh, ask about like, what is their, their organization? What are they fundraising for? What do they use it for? So that's always a good conversation to have. And it's always a, you know, a, a good thing to kind of give to and, and, and donate back to and stuff. So it's like to drop a tip in there, but like they charged our, they double charged our credit card for the meals uh, it's still, you know, we talked about this. I don't remember what season it was when we talked about this, but they made this change where they went to credit card only and they don't take cash. And my daughter brought her friend. And this is the first time I've had experience with it is like, she's like, well, okay, at intermission, we're just going to go get this. And I'm like, well, how are you going to pay for it? And she's like, well, I got cash. I'm like, they don't take cash. I mean, like they're little kids. They're not like, they don't have a credit card. <laughs> Right. And it's like, so do I like, do I give them mine or how, like, and so I got to go with them. And it is kind of like, I get the reason why, but like, this is my first experience with the, the challenges that that kind of presents. And, and so I really, I don't know what the solution to is it, the solution for it is, but it is kind of, I, I do kind of feel your pain. It is kind of annoying that you can't just you know, hand them cash for something, you know, even on the carts and things like that, like, like the Dippin' Dots and the Chick-fil-A's and then stuff like that that's out there. So hopefully they get, hopefully they get the screens worked out and they get, you know, the food availability and stuff. There were things that they were telling people that were ordering in other ways that there were things they didn't have. And it was like, it was the first period of a game that there wasn't a ton in attendance of. So you start thinking like, how are we going to do when Duluth and North Dakota and stuff come to town? We'll see. 
Um, and I'm sure they will. Like, that's one of those things you're always confident they'll figure it out. Yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned the cash at concessions and obviously that issue started uh, during COVID as a way to have less, you know, touching and handling of material, right? It is really difficult when you bring kids because a lot of times you want to send them out with money and let them get concessions. We've had a number of friends who are like, you know, I don't want to send my kid out with my credit or debit card. I don't want to teach them to swipe a credit card anytime they want something. Again, I know it's easier for venues because they don't have to deal with cash. They don't have to deal with making change. And so presumably it would make the lines go faster. We are season ticket holders at Ballas Pumpkin Patch. And during uh, the pandemic a couple of years ago, they started taking credit cards only. And, and we were there last Friday night and there were some kids there who wanted to be able to buy concessions at one of the food stands. And it was one that was pretty far away from the main entrance of, uh, of the complex. And uh, they found out that they couldn't take cash. So <clears throat> one of the staff members said, well, you can exchange the cash for a gift card up at the main entrance. Well, they didn't want to walk all the way back uh, and exchange that. So they didn't end up buying any concessions. So that's a really difficult thing. So I'm glad you got to experience that. It'd be nice if there was just like even one stand that would take cash so that there would be the opportunity for uh, for folks who uh, want to send their kids out with cash to get something or for folks who don't use credit cards to be able to buy concessions. The thought just came to my head of kind of the, you know, like at a hotel type of thing, you know, like if we have season tickets, we have an account, you know, if, if a perk for season ticket holders is that you can charge concessions to your account or something, um, or you can, lo- you know, like a debit card front load it with, with X amount of dollars. And you know, I think of like my kids, the school lunch accounts and stuff where, you know, we put X amount into there and then they just get the food, you know, when they go to school every week, it really is as a parent, like you do, you do have to question, right? I understand why we're doing it, but at the same time, there are issues with it. And, you know, it'd be nice to know that the, the university is kind of working on that. So later on in the third period, I was admiring the upside down twos that we have for our, uh, for our fives. And I noticed that the video boards on the end, on the dashers were, or not on the dashers, on the, on the end uh, ring were abnormally spaced, let's say. And so you look, I guess you and Bridget looked over. What did you, uh, what did you think of those? Well, yeah, and I took a picture of it. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I will, uh, I will post an image as we're talking here. But the kind of the interesting thing about this is that they they had <clears throat> new graphics on the uh, ribbon strips uh, on the uh, ends of the arena, and. It was interesting because the way that they chose to divide uh, some of the statistical categories with were, were with diagonal white lines. It was an interesting graphic design choice. Unfortunately, those diagonal white lines managed to cut through some of the statistical numbers on those uh, on those end ribbon boards. And it did make it a little bit different to determine what the numbers were. Um, and just one note, you mentioned the uh, how the, the fives are upside down twos on that font that they use. I mean, we keep thinking we need to hold like a GoFundMe campaign to get them a new scoreboard font package, because that has been one of those things that we all just kind of look at. And they're like, they really just rotated a number two to get um, uh, a number five on there. So it's always one of those things. It's just, it just, 
hits you every time you see it uh, during a game. So yeah, that was interesting. So hopefully that's just a, a case on those ribbon strips of fixing a tab or something like that so that the numbers line up uh, appropriately on that statistical category because we watch those things and when Bridget's tweeting she'll throw out numbers like uh, the comparison of shots on goal etc so we like to get those things right because believe me if we don't get those things right people ding us on Twitter the one that got me was in the third where Mankato had two penalties uh, and we had the five on three and the two penalties were literally the numbers were laid over each other. So you could see when time was running that it was two times on top of each other, but you couldn't read either of them. <laughs> Got to get those. Yeah. So the, so the graphics and the concessions are kind of in preseason mode. So we'll see if, uh, we'll see if things are better to start the, uh, start the regular season but uh but yeah interesting information i'm glad uh you shared some of that information on concessions because i wondered how things were and i wondered whether or not they were taking cash this season and we'll see how the graphics package uh looks next weekend for the games so turning to our next shootout segment this is a brief one but we always talk about perks for fans and perks for season ticket holders at games. Uh, one of the things that they had for fans on tables uh, as you uh, came in the doors and walked to the main arena area was they had schedule magnets and they're rather large schedule magnets. I have one right here for the season. Kind of nice. Um, I love things like that. Uh, my refrigerator is littered with scheduled magnets, probably schedule magnets from season's long gone by, but I love having those on there. It's kind of a nice deal. They also included their QR code on here to get ticket information, which they've been using that in various ways uh, during this off season, leading into the season to try to capture information from season ticket holders. So kind of a neat little perk. Uh, I got a couple of them. You guys got some, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love to get those little things. So it's just little things like that. I enjoy those little little swag merch opportunity. So I wanted to point that out because I thought that was a neat little deal that they had this season. And it's a, it's a nice looking, uh, it's a nice looking schedule magnet. It's not the normal just list. They've got the logos for the teams on there. So kind of a neat deal. It's big. So it really stands on people's refrigerators. As a designer, I was kind of hoping you'd you'd give some feedback because I looked at it and said like, I really like this. I thought they did a really good job. You know, there's the, the guy, one of the players with his uh, stick over his shoulders, you know, it's got, it's all black, right? So we're really, you know, leaning into that, that color choice, which I appreciate. But then instead of just like, you know, wimping out on something where it's just like date and time and name of, of opponent or something like they put those logos on there, those graphics and they change them for, um, for the different for non-conference versus conference. And I'm like, I thought they did a really good job of thinking through like a good way to present that. Um, you know, something like you say, when you've got a bunch of them on uh, the, the refrigerator, you know, and we've got stuff from the kids and stuff in the refrigerator, like it's going to stand out. And so I want to give kudos to, to their design team because I thought they did a, a good job on that. Yeah, they did a great job. Definitely a different look for a schedule magnet, not the typical business card size schedule magnet that just has the laundry list of teams. It was nice to get that grid of of uh, of opponents there. So it was a yeah, good overall design. Nice job. Kudos for that. Enjoy as somebody who does graphic design, I enjoy the look of that. So I wanted to point that out. So turning to our first 
regular series of the season. We've got Niagara coming in. It's been a long time since we've played Niagara. I can't remember the last time we played them off the top of my head. But we've got them in here for a two-game series, Niagara out of Atlantic hockey. They went 11-22-3. and Having the number three team in for an exhibition, we played really well. We won 7-2. to It'll be interesting to see if the guys can uh, put that same effort in this series against Niagara. What do you think going into this series? What do you think about UNO's chances to start the season in their first two-game series? I, I think you mentioned the key, and the key is that they have to come out playing this like it's an NCHC game. They have to play this like this is the game that determines whether or not they get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, they need to play every game like it matters. Uh, 100, 100% effort, you know, all on board. I'm sure the coach has a ton of stuff to, to work on after that exhibition game. Um, and they need to realize that mistakes will happen and they're just going to keep growing and learning. Um, but if they come out playing like, oh, you know, this is a sub 500 team in a, you know, in a conference that isn't the NCHC, let's say, um, you know, that they're not a top team in their conference and things like if you come in looking at all those reasons why you should win this game, you're going to lose this game. You know, so I really want them to focus on uh, focus on themselves. I know I talked to coach at one point in time and, and he kind of mentioned just staying focused on what they're trying to do and trying to build their program. Um, from a coaching standpoint, I think the players need to keep this the same mindset is what are we doing? What can we do? How can we get better? And what someone else does doesn't matter. We have to see production from the from those forwards. We have to continue to see the guys that we talked about that were effective against Mankato, you know, are the same guys that are going to have to come out. Uh, and some of the other guys need to come out and be effective against Niagara um, and continue to push to show that they they belong here, that they're ready for this level of hockey. Uh, and we need Weiss to continue doing what he does and Tyconic as well. You know, Ty, we didn't talk about Tyconic, but, you know, he was he was stable back there on the, on the defense. And a lot of defense is not running around, you know, staying in your system, staying in your lanes, maintaining uh, your position. You know, and I really felt like the defense was calm and collected and, and not frantic. Uh, and I give him a lot of credit for, for bringing those guys along. And if, if Tyconic and, and Weiss can continue to provide the leadership on this team and, and can, you know, make sure these, these younger kids know that this is not a throwaway game, uh, I think we've got a good chance. Yeah, we've talked about Coach Gabinet. He's a systems guy. And his kind of goal, the thing that he preaches is execution. And so when you look at this team, some of the key factors going into the regular season, it's consistency, it's execution. I think it's puck handling. I think it's passing. It's those little components that go into the game that I think will make a big difference for UNO this season. And you talk about veteran players like Tyconic and Weiss, and I'm glad you uh, singled out Tyconic there. We need some of those older veterans uh, to kind of carry the load early on while some of the younger guys come along because this team has the potential. You know, I picked them fifth in my uh, my NCHC preseason predictions on last week's episode. And I really think that they can have a strong middle-of-the-pack finish in the NCHC this season 
if they get off to a good start and they do the little things right, but as we just discussed, they need to play these smaller opponents that aren't the big name top 10 ranked opponents in the same fashion that they play the North Dakotas and the Minnesota Duluths, because you and I talked about this in last week's episode, you know, if they go up to Grand Forks and they have a great series and they split with the Fighting Hawks, it doesn't really mean anything if you split or get swept by Long Island University. So they've got to come out and play strong. What I saw in the postgame celebration last night from the team was a team that seems really just happy and enthusiastic. And we talked a lot last season about a team that needs to build its identity. And so one of the things I'm looking for in the first half of the season is to see a team that tries to create an identity for itself. Because last season we had trouble figuring out what the team was. So they have a real opportunity this next month to do that before they they start to get into the meat of uh, NCHC play. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm going to say UNO sweeps. What do you say, Jason? Uh, I'm going to go with the sweep as well. I think that this is this is the start of the season. Like you said, in the in the gathering after the win and stuff, there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of guys that seemed happy and excited to be here. Uh, I was watching some of the faces of some of the players coming out uh, when they come out of the doors and stuff and seeing just the mass of people like there were there wasn't a lot of fans in the stands but it seemed like the ones that were stuck around and so to see them come out and their faces when they saw everyone there like i think they really went like wow this is a community that's behind us and supports us and you know i think they're going to want more of that and this is a chance to go two more games and get to see that you know that response two more times and you know i really encourage fans if you're at a game or something you know stick around come down to that celebration in the lobby because we've seen a few where it's just been jam-packed and you know people just up the stairs all the way to the top and the red army up there banging on the drums at the top and you know these kids coming in that'll be a shock for them if they if they see that packed lobby and, and see us you know, so excited, even for a game like against Niagara, you know, because it's easy to say, let's do that when it's North Dakota, right? Just like we talked about with the team, it's easier to get up for those games when they matter, those big teams that you know are perennial favorites, you know, but if we can come out and support the team when it's just Niagara, just like we're going to come out and support them when it's uh, North Dakota, I think that will really translate well to this team to say, we've got a community that, that are really behind us and support us and, you know, are, are, have our backs. Absolutely. UNO hockey fandom is one of the best sports communities uh, in the state of Nebraska. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is the best sport in the state. Uh, So get out and support this team because uh, it's a great program, great venue, great facility, great people behind it. And uh, it's a lot of fun to support for six months every year. You know, those 400 plus students that were in the student section for an exhibition game. You guys are awesome. I want to see you at every game. That's right. They said 402 students, which happens to be uh, our area code on phone numbers here in uh, in Omaha. So I thought it was great. That was a, you know what? That was a great student turnout yeah. for an exhibition game in early October because you expect the students to come out for North Dakota, but uh, coming out for a game like that is really, really important. So a uh, great job by the students and hopefully we continue to see the sport because I thought that was a really good crowd for a game this uh this time of year and uh, hopefully things just get better and better. I know they have uh, new folks uh, working to market this team and uh, I'm excited uh, about what they're going to do. So uh, it'll be great. So hopefully we see everybody out this, uh, out this weekend to see Niagara 7.07 PM 
Both nights uh, at Baxter Arena should be a lot of fun. So until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs. 